welcome to episode 377 of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I am here with a wonderful, dear friend of mine who has an amazing company that you guys really need to check out. You know that this isn't the norm for me to do a show on something like this, but uh, after getting a couple of her products, I thought I kind of have to do this. Let's bring her on from the Guilty Goat Handmade Soaps, Andrea. Andrea, how are you? Good. How are you, Scott? I'm doing great. Thank you. It is so good to see you again after all these years. I know. It's only been 20. <laughs> <laughs> it really has. It's it's amazing how time flies. It In some ways, like our corporate life together years ago seems like it was something I watched in a movie. It was so long ago. And then in other th- times, it just seems like it was recently. I know. I know. I was thinking back. I was like, okay, like how long has it really been? And, you know, it's calculating it. I was like, yeah, it didn't really seem like that long, but it's been. Life goes fast sometimes. And you're making it better for people though, because you've created a product and I don't want to just say you, because it's you and your husband, Randall have created a product that I have to say, just got my first couple bars. I'm absolutely in love with this stuff. I have not uh, unwrapped the chocolate one yet because I'm too busy smelling it and enjoying it as it is before I uh, use it in the shower. But the other one that you sent me was a barbershop. And I got to tell you, those strong, uh, soapy kind of uh, freshening scents are not my wheelhouse. I'm more of a sweets kind of person when it comes to candles and things like that. But I started using it. And first of all, it does not dissolve that fast as as most soaps do. They just like, before you know it, the bar is just floating in your hand in a little tub of water uh, that you've got in the little cup of your hand. But this stuff really lasts a long time. Um, was that something that just kind of happened or was that something that you really worked to perfect? Um, that goes into like the curing time. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but it takes um, a a batch of soap anywhere from four to six weeks to actually cure before I can, I can sell it. So yeah, the longer the cure time, the longer your bar of soap will last. We use all natural ingredients. So there's no harsh chemicals that actually go into our soap to make it last longer. Like, like some of the other, you know, commercial brands do, but that's all based on like the cure time and allowing the soap to all the natural ingredients to actually harden within the soap. That is a crazy long time. I would have never guessed, I guess you would call it what, like a gestation period yeah. would be so long for soap. It just seems like, you know, a couple of days, it's good to go. No, definitely not. Still going through like, it goes through like a gel phase and a soapification. Like there's a lot of different um, phases that the soap goes through, but yeah, it's it's anywhere from four to six weeks. And I usually try to do it closer to six weeks to make sure all the soap is is nice and hard and will last long for you. So I would imagine that, and you've got a big piece of property where you're able to do this, but I would imagine just having space and enough containers and, uh, you know, keeping it out of the sun in California, which can be, you know, not as brutal as Arizona, but but where we met, but uh, can have its moments. I, I, there's got to be a lot of factors that go into maintaining temperatures and consistency because anything oil-based will change consistency based on the heat. Yes. So uh, we have this in our home. Um, I make all the soap um, myself. So I touch every batch of soap. I cut every batch of soap. Um, I label every every bar myself. 
Um, my husband helps, but yeah, we, we do it together. So maintaining the temperature, um, within, within our house. Um, but we do, it has kind of taken over <laughs> parts of our own, <laughs> yeah. um, because not only, you know, letting it cure and having it on different racks, but like once you package it and wrap it and, and set it aside, you know, and get it ready to, uh, sell it, that also takes up quite a bit of room as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. our like home is like half of our living area mm-hmm. and the other half of the business area. I, I kind of feel very much the same way. My studio has taken over uh, my bedroom, which is where I spend. The only time I'm really not in the bedroom is when I'm taking a shower or if I'm in the kitchen. And uh, so everything is pretty much in here. And I just kind of have to worm my way through things yeah. and uh, move things in and out as I need them. But uh, that that is, have you have you thought maybe down the road about building another building to house all of it? Yes. Yeah. We definitely thought about making more of a workshop eventually, and Mm -hmm. we're not quite there where we need one yet, but it's definitely growing fast um, as people continue to, you know, try our soap and use it. Like I'm I'm making soap every day now. So um, yeah, we're definitely at some point going to need to um, hire some more people to help and also get a a place to, you know, more like a a workshop area Mm -hmm. on the property. Yeah, that, I, but that's great that you're getting to that point where you're even really thinking, okay, we're going to need this down the road because the growth is that good. Yeah, yeah. Once people try our soap, I think as like a small business and then you, I mean, I'm sure figured this out too as well as like, it's hard to get people to actually try it or or in your case, listen to it. And then like, once they do, they're like, oh, wow, you know, this is actually pretty good. Um, yeah. And so we we do get a lot of return customers. And um, but it's just it's like getting people to pick up that first bar of soap and and trying it because there's a lot of benefits to goat milk soap. Um, you know, the different types of vitamins that it, and it helps with um, all sorts of different skin conditions, just the goat milk. And then we have specialty soaps that is like spinach or turmeric and charcoal which also offer other benefits, like it helps with skin cancer, or helps with pigment pigmentation, um, discoloration of the skin. So there's a lot of a lot of different benefits to it. So once people realize that and try it, they they're de- they definitely come back for more. Yeah, and I think that's the the trick to a lot of businesses. The internet is not scratch and sniff. It's not like they can look at your your list of of scents. And just, you know, scratch their screen and sniff it and go, okay, yeah, this is, this is great. This is something I want to try. Um, some of the ones, and, and this is a, a the challenge with candle companies or really anything that's scented nowadays, is that you really want to be creative with your titles, right? You want to draw people in with these, these really cool names. But if I'm looking at it, I don't know what barbershop means. That could mean so many different things to so many people. It's got to be tough to really get people to understand quality of your product if you unless you're at one of your weekend markets. Yeah, it is. And um and like a lot of the description on my website, I try to, you know, give my own little description of the soap, but then I try to note like the different notes that may have, mm. you know, yeah. um, lavender in it or, you know, all the different types of scents so people can kind of get an idea. Well, I like lavender, so I'll try mm. this. Um, but I I do my best to to really kind of type out like what they're going to expect when they get my soap. Um, but again, like you said, the internet's not scratch and sniff. So it's it's really hard unless I'm out of market. People have the opportunity to actually pick up the bar and smell it. And I'm really torn because I think it would be cool if the internet was scratch and sniff, but I think it would also be terrifying for most sites. Um, 
you never know, we might be there soon. <laughs> That's the, at this point, you know, I always said, you know, going back to, to the really, uh, the original Willy Wonka movie where they had the, uh, the lickable wallpaper, yep. you know, um, we'll be there one day. I don't know if that'll be in my lifetime or if I want it to be in my lifetime, but I think eventually that sort of sensory uh, experience, even if it's simulated, will will happen. Um, but okay, so one thing that I noticed was you sent both the chocolate and the barbershop bar in the same envelope. And what I was really amazed by, because the barbershop has a very strong, fresh scent and the chocolate has this warm, delicious, sweet sm smell, but they didn't cross-contaminate at all. And I was amazed by that. Is there something about just the way that the bar is solid, that the oils don't leak out into each other? How does, how would you, or would you be able to explain that? It's a little bit more with like the packaging and like being able to have um, the packaging breathe that I put it in. So if you mm -hmm. put it in a lot of, some people put their soaps in plastic or wrap it in plastic, um, which doesn't really allow for the soaps to really breathe. So I feel like keeping them in like um, cardboard or in like a paper wrap usually helps um, allow it to breathe and it doesn't cross contaminate the scents. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I would imagine though, in your house, just walking around, there probably is a scent that's a combination of some of the different things just because of, you know, the fact that they're all together in your house. Yeah. So there's our house. It's funny because I don't smell it anymore because yeah. I smell it all day long. So when people mm -hmm. walk in, they're like, whoa, <laughs> you know, there I all these smells and it's just like, I've gotten so used to it. So sometimes I have to do the coffee beans or I sniff, sniff the coffee bean and then smell the soap to make sure like I'm using the right amount of essential oil or, right. or, um, you know, whatever it may be, but, but it, you know, there's, it's very strong right now. We just made a new, uh, masculine soap called triumph. And so it um, is kind of like a spinoff of like one of the Gucci's like made to measure colognes. Okay. Um, and it's kind of taken over my house right now, the smell. <laughs> well, if you're introducing something new, your brain will notice it, right? But yes. after a while, your brain just kind of shuts off things that it it kind of knows it doesn't need to pay attention to. Yeah. Um, when I was working in a music store in Colorado... I could walk through the store and there would be people blasting away on guitars, banging away on drum sets, and I wouldn't even notice it. You just, you get to that point where you're like, I'm focused on what I'm doing, all this stuff. My brain's like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's pretty much what happens around here too, because it's like, we do a lot of the same soaps over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then of course we get some requests. So we try to switch it up to keep our customers happy. But um, definitely the dominant smell would be our triumph one right now. But yeah, it's, I, I'm definitely with you. Like you kind of get used to something and it dulls, dulls it down a little bit. And when I've gone to companies like the Yankee Candle company stores, um, they've said the same thing. They're like, we don't even, we don't even notice it anymore because <laughs> you know, they're around it. And it is so like suffocating sometimes when you walk in those stores because there's so many different scents and your brain's like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Well, and so that's what I was concerned about having this in my house was because, um, I would get headaches. I would get headaches going to the Yankee Candle Company. But here, I think it's because like I do like one or two cents a day and, you know, of, of soap. Um, and so it's not like all of them just hitting me at one time. Um, right. So I've kind of adapted well to that. But um, yeah, I was a little concerned, like, am I going to get a headache in my house? But um, yeah. definitely, definitely not. Um, I kind of ad adapted to all the different smells. Like I said, like, I don't even smell them anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's awesome. 
I want to ask you a question about the goat milk being the the base of it, because when I think of milk, I think of dairy and I think of expiration dates and things spoiling and smelling bad after, you know, as, as they they curdle. Um, but how does it work where that doesn't happen? Is it just the process just eliminates that possibility? Yeah, so this is cold process um, soap. And so what I do is I mix the um, the milk, I freeze it, and then I mix it with lye. Um, and so it's a food grade lye, so it's safe. And um, it basically melts that down. And when it goes through like the soapification phase and the gel phase, um, it it, you know, makes it so it's not going to actually go bad on you. Um, because they are all natural ingredients. Like if you wait over a year, there is a good chance that your soap is not going to have like the same, it's going to be really hard. Um, it might um, not have the best effect on your skin mm -hmm. because it's so old. So anything that's going to be all natural is going to actually have an expiration date. Um, but if you use the soap within like the first two years, you should be fine. There's not going to go bad. It's not going to have any funny smells or anything like that. And I would think, it, you know, if you've ordered a bar from somebody, as opposed to just like randomly picking it up in a grocery store, it's going to be a little bit more of a priority, right? You're going to want to check it out. You're going to enjoy the scent. It's, it's probably not going to sit on your shelf for <laughs> any more than a month or, or so before you would even start using it. No, definitely not. And I've had some soaps, um, all the soap that I, I sell and I make, I try out myself and they go through a series of tests. So like I leave it out in the sun, um, you know, I put it in the fridge to keep it cooler. Like I do go through a bunch of different, different scenarios with the soap to make sure that it's going to be effective. And I also, you know, test it in a number of different ways to make sure that, you know, the, um, the lye has a safe amount, um, of lye in it and all of that stuff. So, but yeah, there's it, because it is all natural, um, there will be, you know, like about a two year, you know, shelf life to it, but most people use it before. Then I have one that was, uh, three years and it still seems to be, be fine. I cut little pieces of it off and, and test it regularly. So. Wow. I like that. I, I really, and the only reason, like I said, I have not started with the chocolate bar is because it just smells so good. I'm just happy to have it on my little table next to me. And every once in a while, just take a whiff of it because it really does smell very chocolatey and, and like something I want to bite into. And it reminded me there was a store at Arrowhead Mall and I can't remember what it was. It was a, a soap store, you know, and they yeah. sold like they had the Yankee candles and stuff there too, but they had a sign on the counter that says, please do not eat the soap. And I asked them about that and they said they would have like children would come in and the soaps would smell so good that they would actually think it was okay to just take a taste of it. And <laughs> I'm sure they learned very quickly that it was a bad idea. But I mean, my first thought was you're in, you're, you don't own that yet. You can't just be biting Take stuff it. that you find, <laughs> you know, it didn't taste as good as it smelled. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> but one thing I've always wondered when I've gone into stores like this and I look at the edges of the soap. So I think about where you cut it mm -hmm. and I look at the edges and they don't look like they've been cut. They look like solid and smooth and there's no, um, there's no cut marks or anything. How does that, there's no scraping. There's not like, how does it end up looking like it wasn't cut? So uh, like I mentioned, like when I make it, it comes in a loaf. Mm -hmm. um, so I cut it with a wire cutter. So it's all measured out for each bar, for each bar, usually an inch. Mm -hmm. And I cut it and it 
get about 16 bars out of each loaf. Um, I set it out so it can cure for the six weeks. And then after that, I usually take like um, a potato pillar and I go over all of the edges to make sure that they're nice and smooth. And then um, I actually print out all my labels and, and label all my soaps at that time and make sure that they're all the weight that I prefer. And so there's a there's definitely a lot of work that goes into it from from start to finish, not mentioning like getting up early in the morning and milking the goats. You know? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, a, there's a lot of work that goes into the the whole entire process. And because we're a small business, um, we like to make sure that we I mean, we're start to finish. Right. We milk the goats. We take care of the goats. Um, we're pretty much the vets for the goats. Um, quality control, packaging, you know, financing. So it's oh. it's a lot. Oh, for sure. And I don't know why I always assumed that the bars were cut at the end of the process. I never, I don't know where that came from or why yeah. I assume that, but that's just always been been in my head that that was like the lot, like the you take the loaf and and you you bake it, you do all the things, and then you cut it and package it and sell it. I never thought about cutting it beforehand. I don't know why. Yeah. No, but um, we basically like I will pour it into the loaf. Um, it will stay in there for about 24 to 48 hours. I'll take it out of the loaf and let it sit for a day. And then I cut it. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. I don't know where I get my ideas, but you know how it is. Once you think of something and even though you've never researched it or justified it in any way, that's just what gets stuck in your head. Yep, I know. I agree. And then you don't know yeah. what you don't know, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. So this is is cool. I'm, I'm glad I'm getting to learn this stuff. How do you how do you find that right blend? I mean, it's got to be a lot of experimentation and just trial and error to get the right mix of oils to get a particular scent. Yeah, I did a lot of research and then I had someone show me, help me at first. Like, you know, we learn, we all learn from someone. So someone fixed me and showed me and we made a batch of soap together. And then it was kind of taking that recipe as a base and just kind of spinning off of that. Um, but all of our ingredients are high quality ingredients. Um, we use uh, coconut oil, olive oil, um, shea butter, and then also palm oil or like my my base ingredients. Um, there are some soaps that we have special specialty where we use like um, mango butter instead of shea butter or hemp butter instead of shea butter um, just to kind of switch it up. Some people have some allergies. So I try to make yeah. a soap that's going to accommodate everybody. But um, starting with that base recipe and then just doing research. Um, there are batches that I've done that I've experimented with that haven't worked out. And that's just kind of how you learn trial and error. I would think so. I mean, you can you can say basically, maybe you can even look at certain foods and go, okay, here's how they flavor a food and take that as your basic combination of ingredients to go, okay, now how do I make that work for, for this product? Um, okay. At least it gives you some kind of starting point. Yeah. And even for like example, you brought up food, like spinach is a super food. And so I have a bar that's like unscented for people that, um, you know, have prefer not to have any scented yeah. or have an allergy to fragrances. Um, mm -hmm. And I just use powdered spinach as a colorant um, in there. And oh. it's really good for lather and it's really good for skin. Mm -hmm. um, so I've done that. I've also done like turmeric, pow powdered turmeric, which is, you know, fights, fights cancer, fights yeah. depression. Um, I think a lot of people forget that like your skin is like your largest organ on your body. So a lot of people are always concerned about like what they're eating and what they're putting into their body. 
um, and not so much about like what they're putting on their body because your skin absorbs everything. So um, I try to put as much like, you know, different varieties of stuff for everyone that's like looking for something different. Everyone has a specific need um, or skin condition. It's really, really good for skin conditions. So Mm. try to switch it up for everyone. And that's good that you do the uh, the unscented version because people like my dad, for example, he suffers from really horrible headaches. And one of the things that triggers it is is scents. So like cleaning products, um, it, and he hasn't even narrowed down what it is, but he's always afraid to try anything that's scented just because it might trigger some kind of discomfort for him. So I think that's a great idea. And also you're right, people do have a lot of different skin allergies and you know, things they can have and things they can't. So it's, it's really good to be, uh, have, have a good variety and you have a pretty extensive catalog. You've got a lot of different scents. Yeah. Um, it's funny cause you know, I buy stuff and I try stuff and there's like some stuff that I don't really care for, but people love it. So like I make soaps that like, aren't like my favorite soaps, but they, they fly right off the shelf. So yeah. I do, I try to make sure like when I'm making it, it's not for me or for my friends, but I'm thinking about like, you know, all the different people out there and what they might like. Um, and that's why I kind of broke our scent collection down by like fruity or mm-hmm. sweet or masculine, um, because everyone's nose kind of, you know, it's like their taste buds. Everyone's kind of got their own, yeah. own taste. Mm-hmm. No, that was a really good idea too. And I, I want to tell people, so when I got your package, there's this wonderful little pamphlet that comes with it. Very well done. It breaks down all the sense, like you were just saying, in into the categories. But it also gives you a history of the company. You get a picture of each of the goats, Seymour, Splash, and Pearl. I love that name, Splash. That's just awesome. Um, the goats were not available for interview, just so you guys know. I tried. Um, they're not PR people or PR goats, I guess. Um, you have a picture of of you at one of your uh, setups where you're, you know, uh, the, the weekend uh, events that you go to where your products are available. Um, I, I love that you, you know, because I've known you for so long and I knew you from the corporate world. So before you were involved in any of this, I love that you are doing this, that you've really turned it into something that people are enjoying. And it's this whole big thing. It's not like me making little chocolate confections in my kitchen. Like this is a huge thing. Yeah, it's definitely different from what I was doing before um, I was in the corporate world and had a, um, I was a, a executive, um, uh, enterprise account executive, sorry, I don't know, I'm trying to forget that world. Yeah. <laughs> you and me both. Which was um, a high, high, very high stress. So I was trying to get away from that. Um, and I was actually laid off of my job. And so I had started really focusing on my animals and our farm um, and started making soap. And we just kind of started in like just very small, like making soaps for certain people. And it just kind of spun into what it is today. I mean, we're still a small business, but it's definitely um, picking up and the words getting out there about our company. So which I'm very, very grateful for because now it's keeping me busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still don't have I have a different kind of stress, but it's not the same as the corporate stress. So that's right. a lot better. But, you know, I think people have ideas all the time, but I think they're afraid to break away from the security of the corporate world. And people like you and I who have been through enough layoffs where we know, you know what, this is not any more sustainable. Mm -hmm. It's just you're letting somebody else do the heavy lifting and you're kind of along for the ride. 
I think personally, if you could find something that's sustainable, it's better to be in control of your own destiny and have the ability to make your own decisions and find ways to survive than hope that the people you depend on are going to be able to do that because we're kind of at a point where nothing is really stable anymore. No, and I agree with you. And I, I mean, I was working anywhere from like 12 to 14 hours a day for someone else. And yeah. it was kind of like, well, why don't I, if I can take that time and work for myself, what, what can happen, you know? Yeah. And um, to all the people out there that are like, you know, worried about taking that, that jump. I mean, if you're able to start it off and work your corporate job at the same time, like highly recommended in my case, that yeah. wasn't really you know, available for me since I was laid off. But um, if I wasn't laid off, I wouldn't have dove into it like I did and I wouldn't be where I am. So exactly. Start small. If if you yeah. have the ability and you want to do something, but you're afraid to, you know, break that chain, just start small. Um, is it, I don't know if you experience this, but I, as, as a, you know, creator of like music and books, get a lot of feedback, whether I've asked for it or not. <laughs> and, um, it can be pretty harsh sometimes, but you have to, you know, you have to remember too, that everything is subjective. Taste is subjective, whether people like a piece of music, whether they prefer a scent of a soap, all of that is so individual and personal. Do you, have you gotten feedback where you're kind of like, okay, maybe I should look into this or this is feedback that really just kind of applies to this person. You know, do you know what you one of the things that I get a lot is I get a lot of requests for certain fragrances of soap or for me to remove something that somebody is allergic to, which I've done. And then that person's never bought soap. So I think that would be like the biggest one. Um, you know, like people, you know, try this or try that or try this. And, and then I do try it and like, and I let them know I've tried it and that's it. <laughs> uh, I would feel such an obligation if I said, hey, Andrea, could you make me a banana nut muffin soap? And you spend, you know, weeks on it. You've probably baked three or four different loaves trying to get it perfect. And you call me and you go, Scott, I finally got it. And I'm like, hey, that's great. Gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine not feeling a connection or a sense of responsibility to follow up since I was the one that put that in your head. That's yeah, just weird I mean, to me. Well, and I've never had anyone come out and be like, I don't like your soap and this is why. So I've never got like anything direct. I've never mm -hmm. had any bad reviews posted or heard anything bad. Um, but I'm, I mean, everybody's, like I said, everybody's different. Everyone's got their own things. I'm not saying that there's not a person out there that doesn't like my soap. But sure. um, but yeah, I, that's really the only thing I've experienced is like someone saying, hey, tr try this one and try that one and try this and try this. And then it's like, okay, well, I've tried it. And they're like, like you said. <laughs> now, you, when you started with the goats, you were just milking them, right? And you were using the goat's milk just for regular purpose? Yeah, just drinking it. Yeah, what we is, were just using it. How does that compare taste-wise to, to cow's milk? Because I don't think I've ever had goat's milk before. Well, we drink it. I don't, we drink our milk raw. So we don't pasteurize it um, and we just drink it and put it in mason jars and put it in our fridge. Um, if I'm going to make soap with it, I freeze it because it's cold process. So it has to be right. frozen so the light doesn't burn it. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, we just, we milk it and we we put it in the fridge. Um, goat's milk is really a lot easier um, settling on the stomach. So people that have babies that have colic, 
Mm. Um, usually tend to use goat milk as a supplement instead of specialty like powdered milk because it, it is a lot more sensitive on on your on your stomach. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Is it hard to to figure out, okay, this batch is for me and this batch is for the soaps? Like when you're milking the goat, how do you balance what you use for what? Um, so between splash and pearl, we get anywhere from a gallon to a gallon and a half of milk a day. Wow. So they're pretty big producers. Um, so like we have three refrigerators and freezers at our house. And when we are like milking, milking right now, we currently aren't milking them because they're both pregnant and due to kid in like the end of February, in the end of uh, January, early February. So they're, wow. yeah, they're on vacation right now. Um, so we, we have a lot of frozen milk in our freezers. And then right now, unfortunately, we're buying our own milk because the girls, girls aren't producing. So, right. Wow. And what is, what is the gestation period for a goat to have a baby? Five months. That seems so short to grow a goat. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like you you have in your head the nine months it takes to grow a human and that. And then there's other animals that are, you know, 60 weeks. Um, they're kind of all over the place. And all animals are really, they have their own schedule. It's not, this is how long it takes to grow a life. Well, we have meat rabbits too. And their gestation period is 30 days. 27 wow. Holy cow. Yeah. So, um, you know, if we're at the end of the world or something crazy happens within like 27 to 30 days, we could always have meat. <laughs> That's really fast. I mean, yeah. baby rabbits are incredibly small, but you still, you have to grow. They still have all the systems that we do, right? Like the, the, all the veins and capillaries and all the intricacies of, of a, a life. That's so wild. They can grow it that fast. They do everything fast. That they do. <laughs> they, are, they are the guppies of the prairie, as I like to call them, uh, although way more fun. Um, I think one other thing I wanted to ask you is how do you how do you decide it's time for a new scent? And I haven't once called them flavors, although I've been very tempted to call them flavors. But um, how do you decide it's time to come up with another scent to add to the catalog other than when people request something? Or do you do you pretty much unless you get an idea, you pretty much stick to what you have because you've got a good variety at this point. Yeah, I'm moving. So I have actually the triumph for the men's, uh, the masculine um, collection I just started. And then I also have a new one, which is um, the poppy lemon swirl, which is like lemon and it's got poppy seeds in it for exfoliation. Um, so what I do is I have a soap on the market for a period of time. And if it's sporadically selling here and there, here and there. Um, I'll leave it on, but there's some soaps that I put on like our Bewitched Orchid, which I love, but it's not a top seller, which I would probably be removing off of my collection um, and not making any more. It's just something that's very slow selling. We do get people that like it. It's usually the same people that come back and buy it. Um, but everyone's kind of, you know, sticks with what they like. Um, a lot of my customers, our returning customers, um, venture out every once in a while, but a lot of them like stick to the barbershop or they stick to the alpha or they are lavender. So they kind of stick with our floral scents. Right. Um, but um, there are some, like I said, if they're out there for a while and if people just aren't buying them and they've had the opportunity to smell them at some of the farmer's markets and some of the different events we have and they're not moving, 
Um, we do give a chance. I'll usually do like a couple batches of it just to make sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's it. Our, our Jasmine was like that where I made our Jasmine soap and it just didn't sell, didn't sell, didn't sell. And then all of a sudden it just was flying off the shelf. So it's kind of like hard to determine, you know, who's going to like it or the time of year that people want it. Um, but we, we do give it a little while and and then make a couple extra, you know, a couple additional batches just to verify like if we should continue making it or, or not. And a lot of our customers will tell us. I would think that a scent like peppermint, well, I'm, I love peppermint and I can have it all year round. I would imagine though that would be more of a getting towards the holidays kind of scent than it would be maybe something people would buy in July. Yeah, but I do have that one. That is one of the ones. I mean, it is in my Christmas collection, mm-hmm. but I do sell that one all year long. Um, people, it's used with like the essential oils and it's like um distilled twice. Mm-hmm. So um it's very tingly on your skin. Mm-hmm. And I think people tend to tend to like that on your face, not so much. Right. But, um, <laughs> but people do do like the peppermint. So that is one that I do sell um all year long. But like our Noel, we have a Christmas tree one that we sold out of really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, those ones are usually more seasonal ones, like our pumpkin spice. Once that yeah. batch is gone, we we'll wait till next year to make more pumpkin spice. Yeah, you know, and people say all year, I wish I had pumpkin spice, I wish I had this or or that, or I wish they'd have the latte all year. But you know what? Without the chili air, without that, you know, apple scent that you that you get around that time of year, it's not the same to have a pumpkin spice latte in, in the summer than it no. is when the cold wind is blowing. It's just not the same experience. No, it's definitely not being in a bikini on the beach and drinking a pumpkin spice sauce <laughs> is a little, yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, and I will probably do neither. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's been so great. I'm so excited for you and and to help share the news about your company. You do uh, soaps by mail, so people can order from anywhere, which is great. It's you go to your farmers markets, which are local, but uh, unlike a lot of farmers market businesses, you're internet friendly. You can ship uh, anywhere. As you mentioned, the soaps have a long shelf life, so it's it's not a problem to ship anywhere in the world. Uh, you're awesome. I'm so happy you've done this. This is and you have a really honestly great product. I really love it. Well, thanks, Scott. I really appreciate you having me on and, you know, trying my product and getting your feedback because that that means a lot to me. And, you know, I would love to hear, um, you know, all your listeners, if they have any feedback once they, they purchase some soap, um, that would be great because I, I do read all of it, all my reviews, whether they're good, you know, or what, whatever it may be, um, any um, direction of what they they are looking for. I would love to hear all of it. Absolutely. And that is the sign of a good business owner. I think people that whether you assimilate anything valuable from it or not, I think just being willing to hear what people have to say instead of going, I know what I'm doing and and let that be that because arrogance will kill a company faster than anything. Well, and that's how you learn. Um, yeah. Listening to what people say, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm like I get re- requests for all sorts of different stuff and I try to accommodate everybody and making the customer happy, you know, makes my business happy. So Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I will continue to wish you the best of luck. For you guys listening to the show, the the, uh, links are in the show notes to the website and social media where you can find all these wonderful products. I can tell you from personal experience, they are absolutely wonderful. And I don't recommend things that I wouldn't recommend. You know, I wouldn't go as far as to say that. I, I believe very much in honesty. If I don't like something, I'm not going to lie and say that I do. Um, but I'm very fair about giving feedback both ways. If I do like something, I want to share it with people. And if I don't like something, 
Well, it might just be my opinion and that's fine, but I can say that these are high quality, absolutely fantastic. Uh, really, I after I, I used the barbershop the first time, I just felt so, it sounds cliche, but I really felt just fresh and clean. Not like I would with like a bar of safeguard or or something like that, because that's just kind of like, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't have a, um, you know, you've had a shower, you know, you've used soap and you know, you're clean, but it didn't, it, that stuff doesn't really make me come out of the shower feeling like, wow, I feel refreshed. Whereas the barbershop, which again, is not a scent that, that I would have gone for, but it absolutely did make me feel that way. And I loved that. Well, you get it nice and clean and feel refreshed without the all those chemicals in your soap that you're putting in your skin. So yeah, that's a very good point. And and the all natural ingredients is a huge thing, especially these days. It should have always been, but you know, when you get to be a, a you know a huge manufacturer, it's all about costs and investors and you know all that stuff. When you're a business who cares and and your focus is to do things the right way and things that will help your customers that's going to be your foundation. And I'm glad that's working for you. Well, thank you, Scott. Thank you so much for having me on. You bet. Thank you, Andrea. And you guys check it out. In the meantime, we'll be back on our regular schedule on Wednesday. Another show. Cheers.